What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here coming back at y'all with another conference uh, championship preview, man. We've we've got so many good games this weekend. Like, I mean, if you're a college football fan and this isn't one of the top three weeks of the year, right up there with the national championship week, right up there with college football playoff. I mean, like robbery week, the opening week, I mean, conference championship week has to be your favorite week. So make sure to check out all our other previews. If you're new, subscribe, but we are headed out West for the battle of West coast supremacy this weekend in college football going down in prom time this Saturday night, 7 PM central time in the beautiful new Allegiant stadium, man in Las Vegas. These teams, these two teams have already faced off once this season. This is their second matchup in about three weeks as we got the number 10 Oregon Ducks looking to protect what's theirs, man, looking to reclaim another Pac-12 title while we got number 17 Utah looking to play spoiler once again. And the Utes are a two and a half point favorite over the Ducks for the second time this year. So Oregon has been a top 10 underdog to Utah twice this year. And this game's on ABC, like I said, 7 p.m. Central Time in the Pac-12 Championship. And let's set the stage as the Ducks enter this matchup 10-2, and 7-2 in the Pac-12, and are going to be looking to win their third Pac-12 Championship in a row, second over the Utes in three years, and they're going to be looking to clinch another Rose Bowl appearance for the postseason. And Mario Cristobal is looking to add to his already well-established legacy for the Ducks, but... You have the Utes entering nine and three, eight and one in the Pac-12, and Kyle Whittingham is looking to lead Utah to their first ever Pac-12 championship. And this, but this will be their third championship appearance in four seasons. They've lost to Washington and Oregon in their other two appearances, and the Utes could qualify for their first ever Rose Bowl since they joined the Pac-12. So a lot on the line for both of these teams, and. This series was first played in 1933. Ducks lead at 23-11. to 11. But listen, the matchup that matters most was this season. Two weeks ago in Salt Lake City when Utah dominated the Ducks. 38-7 to 7 win to knock off the then-ranked number three Oregon Ducks, man. And these, but these teams have split the last four matchups. The Ducks have won nine out of the last 13 games over the Utes, including that 2019 Pac-12 championship game where C.J. Verdell went wild and that's the stage man listen Kyle Whittingham Mario Cristobal is one of the more underrated coaching matchups of this weekend and these two teams are but like listen Utah's looking to prove that they're the better team looking to get that first Pac-12 championship and Oregon's got revenge on their mind man but that's the stage let's get to the keys of the game we'll start with the Ducks and I mentioned this this listen if you saw my preview two weeks ago listen the keys and things aren't going to change because I think when you watch the game, it went, played out exactly. My key for Oregon, run the football. They couldn't run the football. It forced a lot of pressure on Anthony Brown. The front seven of the Utes played outstanding. And the defensive line and linebackers, especially Devin Lloyd, had big games. And then also Tavian Thomas went wild. And Utah ran for over 200 yards on the Ducks in a blowout win. So, man, the breakdown of the game was there. I just picked the wrong team. My, my Utah guys got on me in the comments. Listen, I rock with y'all. I know a bunch of y'all subscribe now. Thank y'all for thank y'all for correcting me. But listen, Oregon's key this weekend lies in the rushing attack. It has been the focal point of the offense all season long. CJ Verdell went down. They still haven't they still haven't stopped running the football. 
And this Utah defense allowing only 130 on the ground, that's third best in the Pac-12 this season. The Ducks are going to have to have a huge challenge this weekend. Now, they have the number two rushing attack in the Pac-12. Oregon's averaging over 214 on the ground per game. They have the most rushing touchdowns in the Pac-12, over 34 touchdowns this season, almost three touchdowns per game. And this was the missing key to their game in Salt Lake a few weeks ago was they couldn't run the ball. Travis Dye, Byron Carwell, Anthony Brown, nobody got loose on this Utah defense. And now luckily this will be a neutral side game. They're not going to have to go back to Salt Lake. But Travis Dodd is going to have to have a big game. Over 1,000 yards rushing this year, five and a, over 5.5 yards per carry and 14 rushing touchdowns. He's top three in the Pac-12 in yards per carry, top three in rushing touchdowns, and top three in rushing yards. So Travis Dodd had a big year, but that Utah game was really a mark on his resume that he wishes he could, he could erase, he could forget. He's going to have to redeem himself, and I think the Ducks are going to look to run the football much better this weekend. Byron Cardwell has had to step up in replacement of C.J. Burdell. But Cardwell has almost 400 yards rushing. He's averaging seven and a half yards per carry and three rushing touchdowns. Cardwell has to do more to help die out. And those seven and a half yards per carry, he can be so explosive. He has to try to find space against this very stout front seven for the Utes. And then if Anthony Brown could be a playmaker, which he really struggled in Utah against Utah earlier this year, 642 rushing yards, nine rushing touchdowns. This guy has to has the ability to be a game changer with his legs. He has to find a way to become a bigger factor and help his running backs out by spreading this defense out. And when things break down and the wide receivers can't get separation downfield, he has to turn those negative, those potential negative plays into positive plays for the Ducks to keep them alive. Now, the Ducks thrive running off the edge. The challenge in Salt Lake was this Utah defense plays so consistently sideline to sideline. They're so fast, they're physical, and they're disciplined, and they don't miss a lot of open field tackles. They are going to have to find a way to get loose on the outside. Die and Carvel are going to have to make plays in space. When you look at how they rush off the edge, almost a 1,000 yards rushing, over 7 yards per carry, 14 rushing touchdowns, 30 explosive runs, and 400 yards after contact. That's the key stat. 400 yards after contact, because once they bounce it outside, they can make people miss and generate explosive plays. The thing about Utah, though, they were not missing tackles in Salt Lake, and they they were just playing too fast to the outside. They were funneling, funneling everything outside, and Devin Lloyd and the safeties were coming up and making play after play after play, and Oregon's going to have to find a way to correct that. Now, as much as the rushing attack has been a focal point, when it got shut down against Utah in the first game, Anthony Brown was not able to be the leader of the team and make those plays in crucial moments like he did against Ohio State and some of the other big games the Ducks have had. He has to be a playmaker and keep this Utah defense from loading the box and getting upfield and playing in their backfield. Brown had over 2,500 passing yards this year, almost 65% of his passes completed, 16 passing touchdowns, only four picks, and like I said, the nine rushing touchdowns. He had a very solid year, guys. I think it was an underrated year. Top four in the conference in completion percentage, top five in efficiency, second in passing yards, and top six in passing touchdowns. And he has had a very, very solid year, but the number one thing for him is turnovers really hurt him in Salt Lake and also a lack of consistency. I think when when Oregon became one-dimensional against Utah, that offense really failed to ever get the momentum rolling. 
they are going to have to help Anthony Brown out by getting the rushing game going so he can establish some balance through the passing game. If Utah can make you one-dimensional, it's going to be a long day for the Ducks. So they have to run the football, make plays in open space. Anthony Brown has to avoid the turnovers and make the handful of throws and plays with his legs outside the pocket for Oregon to win this game. Now, for the Utes, man, is is, can, is there any – listen, is there any doubt who I'm going with? The rushing offense is going to be huge this weekend, but Cam Rising played well enough against Oregon in the first game that balance is also going to be key for this Utes team. Listen, this Oregon defense has the number one rushing defense in the Pac-12 and the number 10 ranked passing defense. So they're first in rushing, 10th in passing. But so the rushing game is going to have to be huge. Running the football for Utah one in the first game, <clears throat> they controlled the pace of the game, wore down this Oregon defense, and put pressure on their offense to score. Listen, this rushing attack is extremely explosive, man. They have one of the best rushing attacks in the country, number 13 overall, over 200 yards per game, over five yards per carry, and ranked second in the Pac-12 in touchdowns, man. And it all starts with Tavian Thomas, man. Not over 900 yards rushing this season, over almost six yards per carry, 18 rushing touchdowns this year, leads to Pac-12 in rushing touchdowns, top three in yards per carry, and top five in rushing yards for the season. And this offense thrives off of what Tavian Thomas, a transfer into the program, does for this team. And, and on top of that, the rotation of TJ Pleasure and Micah Bernard behind him really adds a lot of depth to this Utah rushing attack that really gives a lot of teams problems. I mean, TJ Pleasure, man, over 650 rushing yards, over seven yards per carry and five rushing touchdowns. He has been a game changer as the season has went down, as the season has stretched on. Pledger and Thomas could be a nasty one-two punch this weekend. And if they can be as explosive as they were a few weeks ago against this Oregon front seven, Oregon's going to have a lot of problems slowing down this Utah offense. Now, the passing attack has been much improved, man. Charlie Brewer's out. Cam Rising has been the star of this of this quarterback spot, man. A much more consistent attack over 216 yards per game through the air. And if Oregon loads the box too much, Rising has to go make plays, man. 17 touchdowns, only three picks, five rushing touchdowns, and over 2,100 yards passing. Top four in passing touchdowns and efficiency this season for Cam Rising. And the thing that a lot of defenses struggle with, we're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And Rising does a great job of making a living on underneath routes and his intermediate game that accounts for over 60% of his total dropbacks. And they, he's going to make Oregon make plays in space. And Oregon really did not do well making plays in space against the Utes a few weeks ago. In that short to intermediate game, 0 to 19 yards, man, rising over 1,400 yards passing, 11 touchdowns. 85 first downs generated in a 71.5 PFF passing grade. This is where he makes his living. And the number one thing, though, for Utah, you have to protect Cam Rising, and they did a nice job of that in Salt Lake. And when he has a when he has a clean pocket, Rising becomes a different guy. When he's kept clean this season, that completion percentage is over 70 percent, over 1,800 yards, 15 touchdowns. Guys, his passing grade drops to an 89. According to Pro Football Focus, 14 big-time throws and over 105 first downs. If Utah can block up the front, which they dominated the line of scrimmage battle in the first matchup, 
that is going to be another key for Utah. Protect rising. Let him be a playmaker through the air. Be that point guard in the offense. And if you could control the line of scrimmage, establish the running game and do that, Utah is going to have a great chance to win their second game of the season against Oregon in, another, in, in their first Pac-12 championship, man. The matchup this weekend, though, for me, it's the same matchup I picked last time, and that was that changed the entire game. That Utah front seven against Oregon's offensive line. The Utah was able to control the line of scrimmage. They were able to get pressure on Brown, disrupt the passing game, and play in the backfield consistently against that Oregon run defense. That's what made things extremely tough for Oregon, and that was the key last game. You, the Utah absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage and made the Ducks very one-dimensional. Now, outside of that game, Oregon's offensive line has done an outstanding job paving the way for the rushing attack and prote- protecting Brown, only allowing 17 sacks this season, top five in the Pac-12. Now, though Lyman, four upperclassmen, the size is there, average weight, easily over 300 pounds, plenty of experience. T.J. Bass and Ryan Walk at the guard spots have been the highest-graded O-lineman for the Ducks. Only three sacks, three QB hits, and 23 total pressures allowed by these two guys. It shows their ability and their potential to make an impact. But off the edge, the two tackles did not play well last time. The entire offensive line has to gel, and they should feel much more comfortable in a neutral site. But the offensive line is the key this weekend. Can they redeem themselves from that first performance? Just really put Oregon in a bad spot in that game. Now, the Utah defensive line has been so underrated all season. One of the more underrated units in the country. They lead the Pac-12 with 37 sacks this season. And they, it plays a huge part in this Utah defense, having one of the top passing defenses in the country and also really helping in the run game because Utah's defensive line consistently plays in their opponent's backfield. And listen, it's I, you, you can talk about Mike DeFowl, uh Von Fillinger. Both of them have combined for 14 and a half sacks, over 20 tackles for loss, and over 78 tackles for the season combined with them. And uh, Tafal leads the swack, at least leads the Pac-12 in sacks this season. Fillinger's top six in the Pac-12 in sacks. But listen, I mentioned it was my X Factor last time. He's an X Factor again. Can we please put some respect on Devin Lloyd's name at linebacker for Utah? Listen, I love N'Kobe Dean. I do. But, man, Devin Lloyd's making it very hard not to say he's the best linebacker in the country right now. This guy is playing at a whole nother level right now. And 100 total tackles this year, 22 tackles for loss, seven sacks, three picks, and six pass breakups this year, second in the conference in sacks, first in tackles for loss, third in total tackles, this kid is all over the field. He is the vocal leader, the on-field leader. All the, I mean, listen, this guy does it all. Sideline to sideline, he's extremely athletic. He's disciplined. He can he can hit the hole. He can blitz. He can step back and pass coverage. He is the he is the X factor every time this Utah defense steps on the field. Devin Lloyd has to be accounted for by this Oregon offense, or he is going to wreak havoc on this offense and this defense really made a statement last game. That's why this is going to be such a big key for this matchup. Now, listen, I picked against, I picked, I picked Oregon in the first matchup. Like I mentioned, man. And I, listen, I was completely wrong. I was as shocked as you guys, but man, it's hard to beat a team twice, especially in a neutral site with everything on the line. But for me, man, if there's a team in the PAC 12, that's built 
to give Oregon problems. That's a matchup nightmare with the physicality of the D-line, with the linebacking unit, and also with the rushing attack that Utah brings. I think Utah is built perfectly to give Oregon a lot of problems. Listen, I'm going with Utah this weekend as much. Listen, I've been rocking with the Ducks all year. I've been a huge Duck supporter on this show, but listen, Right now, I think Utah is built perfectly to win this game. I think Kyle Whittingham is ready and ready to break through for his first Pac-12 title as the head coach of the Utes. I think Tavian Thomas has a big game. Devin Lloyd in this front seven is going to be able to slow Oregon's rushing attack enough. I don't see it being a blowout, though. I think Oregon hangs around this time. I think this is a low-scoring game early, but I think the U- I think Utah as a whole right now is playing better football than Oregon is. I have the Utes winning twenty-four to twenty over the Ducks this weekend in Los in in Nevada in the Pac-12 Championship. Kyle Whittingham brings Utah his first Pac-12 title. 24 to 20 over the Ducks, over Mario Cristobal, and makes a huge statement to shake up the Pac 12. I guess pecking order, man. Listen, this is be a huge win for Utah. Going to be close 24 20 Utes this weekend. Listen, comment below your score prediction. Go ahead and like the video and subscribe if you are new. Uh, if you're new to the show, man, listen, I appreciate y'all tuning into the Blue Bloods for all your college ball content. The pl- conference championship playlist will be linked at the end. Make sure to check out all the other conference previews, man, and make sure to subscribe and turn your post notifications on for all the latest college ball content. Big interviews. We got a bunch of player interviews starting next week, so make sure to subscribe. You're not going to want to tune out. Let's, just because it's the offseason for football and bowl season doesn't mean we're going away, man year-round content on the Blue Bloods. Y'all know how we do it here. But listen, until next time, guys, the Blue Bloods are out.